It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, here we go. Four o'clock hour. Justin Watkins is in our legal insider right here on ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas. Also former public servant, massive sports fan, voice of reason, Adam Hill in for hour two as well. Not that he's going to leave. He's the company today. Ari's back in our Finley Toyota studios. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the big four at four. Number four. Boy, I saw a ton of photos videos, images from the Gwyneth Paltrow case in the end with the ski accident. What happened? She won. Um, it was silly that we were there in the first place, but I mean, I, I, I guess from this perspective, good for Gwyneth Paltrow for standing up for herself and not just paying out because she has the money to pay out to somebody who appeared quite unstable about this this whole situation and um seemed to be unstable before and is continues to be unstable so uh the jury decided uh, in her favor awarded her the one dollar that she requested meaning that they found as a matter of fact that the other skier the one who brought this lawsuit was at fault and therefore gwyneth paltrow will be able to collect attorney's fees and costs i i love the uh that there were some SNL jokes about this being the whitest case in the history of, of law. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Skiing etiquette questions are fantastic. Did that, did that was the etiquette of a ski hill brought into the case? Yeah. And as it should be right. If there's no laws governing, although, you know, the funny thing about it is in Utah, there actually is a law that talks about right away on ski slopes and the, the skier who is higher up on the mountain must give right away to the skier below for obvious reasons. They can see, they can maneuver. The person down below probably doesn't have any any sort of idea of what's going on. So actually in this case, the ski etiquette was codified in state law. Most states, that's not going to be the case, but obviously Utah has a vested interest in making sure that these kinds of things don't happen, or if they do happen, that uh, the law is clear as to who's right and who's wrong. Are you a skier? I'm a yeah, snowboarder, and then I ski a little bit just with my girls. You think Adam would be a skier? No, snowboarder. I love no. I love a I love a nice ski lodge. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah, I love the area. Like you go there, you hang out. There's a fire. There's a drinking around the fire. Like that's cool. But I, why go out on the hill? Anytime I went, I lasted maybe 90 minutes, two hours before I went into the lodge. And you know why? The number one reason was I don't like skiing. The etiquette part. Because I don't trust anyone. I didn't want to take a ski through the head. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I, I guess you, have, that, you basically have to trust others and their skill level. And if you stink at all, you know, it's also like, hey, am I going to blow it for someone else? Yeah, a I lot mean, of pressure, I, a lot of pressure. I don't know. I think if you go to the busy mega hills, that you'll you'll find some of that. You know, like I have I have a cabin up in Brianhead. That's where we primarily. That's where I do ninety percent of my skiing, and it's a smaller hill. It's not busy, and so I don't feel like. It's ever an issue on Brian Head as to what's going on. Number three. All right, we're getting ready to uh, get the announcement for Hard Knocks for this year. NFL reality show has been on forever on HBO. And the NFL's come up with a bunch of different rules to eliminate teams from the possibility of being on. So if you're a winning franchise, uh, you have almost no chance of ever being on there. Jets, Bears, Saints, Commanders are the choices this year. And I'm guessing for different reasons, all four don't want to be on hard knocks what's your choice uh i would say jets 
Well, Jets is who it's going to be. Yeah. They're going to pick the Jets. Which is absurd. I want the Saints. I would like the Saints too, but uh, but I think I think the Jets... Well, if the Jets don't get Aaron Rodgers and then don't make a play for Lamar Jackson, then it's going to really be boring. Oh, I think it'd be great. Of like <laughs> this, this team that thought they were going to be a Super Bowl contender is now trash. Yeah. Like that's, a, that's a great story. Look. If they don't get Rodgers or Lamar, then yeah, I want them on because that's what I've wanted. About I'm 90% in now on tanking. Let Zach Wilson play. So I'm in. Packers, good. You keep Rodgers. Um, I want to see the Commanders. Ownership if, change. Only if the All, ownership every, Everyone change. on the show can mother blank Snyder with a bunch of stories. Only if the ownership change happens during that time, then I agree 100%. Then it would be fascinating to see, like, kind of the new guard come in, clean house, you know, all these other people are fired or they're relieved of their duties and they bring in the whole new team. That would be awesome. I would really like that, but not going to happen. You want to bet it? What will you give me on the Bears being the team? Give me, like, three to one. Because it's the one team nobody wants? Yeah, give me three to one. They'll go with the safe choice. Okay. Okay. Good. I get three to one on that. Yeah, sure. We'll discuss money amount. I think the Bears would be interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm the least educated here. I've only watched Hard Knocks one season. Yeah. And you I were in, though. Line. I was in. Yeah, I watched the Lions. I got it. You know, the, it's old one, the old ones are available. Uh, Go watch them on uh, HBO Max. Uh, no, I, don't. I don't get that kind of time. Number two. Here we go. Maybe I'm missing details on this one. Did you see that uh, Minnesota's football stadium? It's seven years old. Um, they had... The assessors come in, who, by the way, got paid like $550,000 to take a look at the joint and see if there's any improvements needed. Supposedly, it needs over $280 million in improvements. I feel like this is a splashy headline. There's no way it actually needs that. It seems high to me. It seems very high <laughs> on a seven-year-old city because your first thought, especially from us, where you want you know some freaking financial responsibility at the state and local level right. like these are these can be massive boondoggles when you give money yep. to organizations and then seven years later i don't even do you think the vikings want this out this makes the vikings look terrible they need 280 to do stadium improvements it's a seven-year-old stadium by the way the the san diego state football stadium costs 300 million right yeah. they just well, built an entire stadium for 300 i mean i, th- I think from i mean they they were top of the you know tech advances seven years ago and so anything you would do to that stadium would be expensive i mean i would just hope that they have a stadium authority there that has some responsibility and says you know hey we're about protecting our investment so show us why each one of these dollars is necessary for us to make more money on our investment then we'll consider it but if it's just because you want it to look cool and it doesn't have any roi on it like forget that but I don't have a lot of faith in any of these appointed stadium authorities, whether that's in the state of Nevada or outside of it, to, to stand Why? up for to stand up for the taxpayer dollars. Because frankly, they're put on that they were put on the stadium authorities because they helped advocate to spend the money in the first place, not because they were trying to be good stewards of the taxpayer dollar. That's not why they were put on there. They were put on there because they championed spending tax dollars on the stadium in the first place. Areas labeled as worn down, according to the story. Some weather stripping on the doors, a damaged concession sign on the stadium's upper level, and the in-house stadium TV distribution system, which is, quote, nearing the end of its life. Sounds about 280 million. Yeah, I was like, okay, that sounds like about two mil. Weather maybe. stripping? <laughs> weather stripping is 20 bucks. The you damaged know? sign? Yeah. That's got to be That's what, all they six, could come seven, up? six, seven million? That's all they could come up with? <laughs> state-of-the-art tech seems, for 200 million seems high yeah I don't and know. Uh, originally the the uh, city taxpayers put in 150 state taxpayers put in 348 so you're looking at 
just about $500 million in, and the uh, Wolves did pay the rest of oh. the bill, which uh, pushed the stadium to original cost was $1.1 billion. And also, that stadium is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Probably the top three in the league. Why? Uh, just everything about it. Like, you just go there. It's it's a lot of what they did at both Allegiant and SoFi was taken from that one. That one's kind of the gold standard for new stadiums. Uh, and you just go there. It's incredible. The the openness, the, you know, we have the Lanai doors here, but they have, like, the, the big windows there that kind of make it feel outside, even though it's inside. It's, it's awesome. Wait, wait, wait. Top three. Do you consider Allegiant one of the top three? Probably. Oh, my God. And SoFi. Oh, and, well, SoFi, but, geez. And you, Minnesota. I can't trust you if you think Allegiant's, Allegiant's top great. three. It's got a nightclub. It's, no, that's what I'm looking <laughs> for. Okay, this, is a, this is a whole other conversation. I know we're on the big four or four, but like <laughs> Allegiant Stadium is not a great stadium for the for the for the cost. It is not a great for stadium. The, I'm not saying it's a bad it's a bad experience outside of the seats on the concourse in and around there. It's jam packed. It agree. looks they like did, Costco. They, had, they didn't have it's, enough space to build. Yes. Just like T-Mobile, I think the same thing. No, but the but at Allegiant, yes, they needed more space. They didn't they had to cram it in. Yeah, but the I'm going on. The actual field, you look around the stadium, you look up, like the, the roof looks amazing. The nightclub is awesome. Like those things are cool when you're when you're checking it out. Yeah, it's sitting in the stands. Probably not the club level is awesome, I think. No, he just said in the stands is fine. In the stands is fine. Everything once I leave my seat sucks. What about the club level? It's great. Club level is okay. Lower club? Yeah, except trying to get into the lower club or anywhere else. Trying to get in anywhere there. That's everything. Trying to navigate the concourse is a nightmare. And it looks like Costco. Yeah, I didn't think. I, well, I was just at NRG too, which I didn't think was great either. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's it's great. These media guys and their take on the fan experience. No idea. I go as a fan. You go as Number a fan. Number one. I feel like there's a lot of bad information out there, and maybe it's just part of the we'll call it the draft grift. There's a lot of bad information on the Raiders and what they could do with the first pick. And again, maybe it's people playing the game and you just you talk quarterbacks ad nauseum. But based on what Adam told us two weeks ago, it doesn't sound like all of this stuff about the seven pick being a quarterback is going to fly with the actual guys making the pick. Here's Heard doing a uh, mock draft. Here's what he's got with the Raiders. The Raiders move up from seven to four and take Will Levis. Listen, I got issues with Will Levis, but he is what Jimmy Garoppolo isn't. He's healthy, he's athletic, and he's got a big arm. Josh McDaniels, the new coach, sees himself as a bit of a quarterback guru. He took the very raw Tim Tebow in the first round, and Levis is a significantly better prospect. I cannot wait to bet this draft with these quarterbacks. Well, I got to look it up. Someone put it out today and said, McDaniels and Ziegler have little interest in the top of the draft quarterbacks unless Stroud or Young fall to them and they keep getting mocked anthony richardson and will levis adam i i I don't think they're out on richardson i think they're out on levis i I think they would like richardson i just don't think they think he's going to fall to them um so there's a lot there's a lot going on for sure with a lot of a lot of the speculation a lot of rumors that are out there um i just don't think that they're going to have a chance unless they move up to three to get richardson i definitely don't think they trade up to four to get levis i did see uh, i'm trying to find out who the analyst was oh Ryan Wilson of CBS Sports yesterday had them trading up to number four to take Paris Johnson. Really? I was like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Why doesn't that make sense? Well, you're moving up to take a quarterback. You're not moving up to take Paris Johnson. That's just not going to happen. Like, if they're at seven, do they take a tackle? Perhaps. I don't think they think either tackle is worth that. I also think they're higher on Skaronsky than they are on Johnson. But 
Um, I, I they, they're not moving up to take a tackle. You're not going to pay what it's going to cost to move up to take a to take a quarterback. You're going to do that to take a tackle. It just doesn't make any sense, especially in this draft. There's not one of those elite guys. Like none of that makes sense to me. So I, you just see all these kind of things out there that are kind of weird. Um, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, it was actually McShay in a convo. He had a pre-draft press conference. There's a lot of the ESPN teleconference. A lot of the ESPN guys have been doing Kuiper and McShay. And McShay said that his sources are saying if it's not Stroud or Bryce Young, the Raiders are not interested. So, But you say with Richardson, maybe. Richardson, maybe. And, um, you know, I think that they're they're more thinking second round, but that might not be available either. You know, the guy that they like in the second could be gone. Um, I don't know who they like. Um, I did see that there is now a fifth quarterback being mocked into the first round, and that's yep. Hendon Hooker. Yep. That would be very unfortunate for the Raiders, I'm guessing. What are you going to do when it comes to betting over under four and a half quarterbacks in the first round? I mean, I think it's going over, but I don't think it should. Over meaning what? I think it would go to five, but okay. I don't think it should. Like, I wouldn't take Will Levis in the first round. No chance. Why not? I just don't think he's good. He's too inconsistent. The tape is just not, it's not great. Now, you can say, look, he's playing with a bunch of bad players. He's playing with a bunch of bad players in a great conference. It's tough. Was that him last week with the, the shirtless photos? Yeah. He's jacked. So what 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 was that? I was jacked. He said he was uh was he that? was injured and not not in great shape in December and now he's he's yoked. Huh. Okay. I mean if people were questioning his work work ethic or conditioning, I guess that's a you're firing back. I don't know if people are looking for quarterback bodies that look like that, but <laughs> I've said that in the past about other guys, uh, receivers and they turned out to be great players. So Adam, if you had a bet right now, and you can't because you cover the team, but Defensive end or cornerback at seven for the Raiders? Corner. Okay. Well, I mean, it obviously depends who's there. Right? If Will Anderson's there, they're taking him. Right. I just don't think they would. I mean, I, excuse me. I think they'd take him. I just don't think he'll be there. I do think you'll have your pick of corners. And um, I certainly, you know, I, I think there's two that have separated themselves. Uh, a lot of people, I would say the majority of people are Christian Gonzalez, uh, number one. Uh, I have Devin Weatherspoon, number one, uh, corner. And I think that might be the direction that they would choose to go. But the NFL is fun, isn't it? The more we find out about owners and how they operate behind the scenes, like Snyder seems to be the worst, but we find out more and more and you roll your eyes on that. I don't blame you for doing that. There could be someone who's 10 times worse than what Snyder's alleged of doing. Now we find out about the Cardinals and little Bidwell, Mike Bidwell. And you tell me how big an offense this is. So, Steve Kime was the GM. He had a lot of problems. Massive drinking problems. He got suspended. No contact with the team. And then the allegation is here by a whistleblower that the owner set up some sort of burner phone system. So, right. why, why is there something wrong with that? And is it more about the, the, the suit is really what? He got bullied once he, once, he, once he raised a stink about this scheme they were coming up with. Yeah, he basically objected to the idea of using a burner phone system to communicate with somebody that had been suspended and why they've been suspended, um, along with one of the coaches uh, objected also. And his allegation is then he was demoted and not only demoted, but then harassed and bullied. And basically what, what the language is getting to is he was constructively fired. He was he was made to feel so uncomfortable uh, and, and the workplace so hostile that it is the equivalent of firing, but they didn't fire him because they didn't want to create a retaliation argument. But you can have constructive 
retaliation and that's and that's what he's alleging here um i thought the the odd part about this was the arizona cardinals response which was like very personal um you know basically saying like this this is all false and this guy's got tons of problems he's got family problems he's been bringing all kinds of problems into the office like that to me when they start throwing that mud into a statement is typically in my mind from a position of guilt if if you feel very solid about your position you just say hey we don't we don't comment about ongoing uh litigation um you know we we're going to move forward with this and and protect our interests we believe the allegations are false so and you that's think it. we don't comment on ongoing on, on ongoing investigations including some drunk lunatic who was out here like okay now we're probably into a place where you're not very comfortable about your case exactly that's <laughs> i mean that's what i feel like uh it, it's just it was oddly personal uh how bad could this get i guess for the card this isn't going to get to daniel snyder levels well, I could depends on what discovery happens, right? We're we're now in <laughs> we're now in court, and all of the policies and procedures that um, that could ha have applied to this position are going to be subject to discovery. All the interactions will be subject to discovery. Everybody who allegedly did use the burner phone or objected to all of that stuff's going to be subject to discovery. So who knows what's going to come out? L remember. We didn't we didn't dive down right into the middle of Daniel Snyder because um, be, because we knew all those facts based on investigative reporting. We knew we knew the tip of the iceberg, and then and then the feds got involved, Congress got involved, and Congress got involved because D.C. is a federal property. So you know, as these things go into litigation, we find out about a whole bunch of other stuff, and this whole thing, you know, we could find out that. There, He's got all kinds of other little crimes and stuff going on. I don't know, but but even if it's just this and the allegations are true, I mean, this guy's in in line for a decent payday. Justin Watkins, 766-1400 is the statewide number to call Battleborn Injury Lawyers. We've been sitting on this one for a couple of weeks. You know, something weird happened with Durango High School uh, with their boys' basketball team, and they overcame all of it because they, they went on to win at the highest level in the state. But, um, Adam, how much do you know about the story about the resignation back in February and some of the allegations uh, surrounding uh, Chad Beaton, allegations being thrown towards folks he was working for? Yeah, he, you know, you know according to, you know, his side of the story, and I'll, he didn't really share his side, a letter was um, kind of found out about uh, that he just, com he consistently, pointed out that there were some issues in terms of uh, potential discrimination uh, from the administration toward his students. And at some point he felt that his complaints were being so ignored that he resigned in the middle of the season. The team went on to win the state title. Uh, now a lot of that is coming to light uh, down the road. I guess what the first thing would be from a legal perspective, probably right to just document all of your, all of the attempts that you made. And then, at some point, do you, is resigning, and is that the the way to approach, I guess, doing this and saying, hey, look, I did everything I could. I'm out now. It's beyond that, actually. The resignation came because then at the end of his tenure, or or at the what turned out to be the end of his tenure, there was an allegation that was made against him for you know conduct pertaining to the team. He asked, well, 
interview me, I have no idea. Like everybody I talk to is supportive. So where is this coming from? And they refuse to interview him. They refuse to tell him specifically what the allegations were. And so he's like, wait a minute, I'm not going to become subject to discipline for a process that I have had no involvement in and you won't let me be involved in. And so I have no choice but to resign. And the reason why it's relevant here is because you, this is a state job. Working for CCSD is a state job, which means that the Constitution is in play. The right to due process is in play. You can't fire somebody without due process. And what they're saying is we didn't fire him. We we're trying to move forward with an investigation. But if that investigation is just a farce, it is not truly due process. It is just a process. Then you are violating constitutional rights. And certainly he has a basis for a claim. It, he hasn't brought it yet. But, uh, you know, I think he. He's probably just, you know, a phone call away from an employment attorney who would say, yeah, this is something we can pursue. I guess in that, that my, my question, if somebody's in this in this spot, um, it would be when you do when you make complaints, always have a document, always make sure there's a paper trail of like, hey, I did this. I did this. I did this. It makes your life easier at the end when something does come down. Right. Well, and it's not always comfortable either, but at some point in the process, too you want to confirm other people's representations to you you know i.e this will confirm our conversation from yesterday in which i addressed uh, you know concerns to you about this and you told me you know don't worry about it we'll we'll coach him out of it or whatever he said so if you have a conversation send an email confirming your conversation yeah if, if it's going down this road now the odd thing i from an outsider's perspective looking in i tend to believe his side the coach's side of the story and here's why he had made several complaints over the process of months. There had been, and then at the end, months later, they come up with a complaint against him. And it's almost like who's first is probably right in, when there's that big of a gap. I mean, if there's timing like within days or weeks of each other, then who knows that you got two people that don't understand each other. But when a person makes a complaint, one of the players makes a complaint against the same person, then you make another complaint against that person and nothing's going on you escalate it and now all of a sudden this mystery complaint comes against you those facts do not seem to support the school having conducted this thing the right way but you never know we'll we'll see if i i you know i hope he pursues something uh doesn't sound like he will but he he certainly has some rights to protect justin Watkins is here with us so a big transaction late last week over the weekend was endeavor and i know it's like the fifth beat on uh, Adam's list now, maybe the tenth, right? With uh, with UFC and Endeavor, parent company, Endeavor bought into WWE, so they're buying fifty one percent, and the uh, remaining forty nine percent will still be with the shareholders, including Vince McMahon, who has been front and center speaking on this. Came out with a new look. Anyone got a comment on that one? Seventy eight year old Vince McMahon trying to be like kind of chubby, fat face Clark Gable. Who's he? Who's he going for? He looks like a like an evil villain in he a cartoon. Evil villain, yeah, a cartoon villain. He looks like. But the first I thing I haven't even seen him look oh, yeah, up yeah, right he's now. He's got like the weird pencil mustache right. now. He's like, uh, I'm trying to trying to think of a, a specific example. Okay, like who's the who's the villain in Rocky and Bullwinkle? Oh exactly. wow, yeah, that's a look, right? <laughs> that is a look, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so, I like it. Whatever. So one of the first things I thought of was, wait, didn't he say he was retiring? under the investigation of like multiple 
sexual harassment cases that he was paying out like $12 million or NDAs being signed. Is that, was that all show? And is there anything, I guess there can't be anything legal that would stop him from coming back because he's back. Well, I mean, there is a legal difference between what his new role will be with this purchase. You know, he is going to be on the board as opposed to still an board of the parent company versus, um, you know, sort of still involved as an employee and owner of the company. Like a board is not the owner. Right. Board's different. Yeah. He's a shareholder and on the board. That's different than being an owner. Now he does have obligations to other board members and to do what's in the best interest of the company as a board member. But it, it's a, it is a different role from a legal perspective. And, but is that going to shield him from an investigation under, you know, right. if these people bring these claims? No, of course. Like not. no one would come and check if he's doing day-to-day operations because he's going to be. Yeah. Right? Maybe. And if you're Endeavor, I mean, you you see the way it's worked out with R. Emanuel and, and Dana White. Like you're, that's part of what you're buying is the, you know, the unreal leadership and creativity. I don't want to give, you know, Vincent Grant a lot of compliments, but he has built this thing into, now what is it worth? I think the valuation is at $9 billion. UFC is at like $12 billion. A little more on this on the way back. Cofield and Company live at the Battleborn Broadcast Studio. 766-1400 is a number for Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Justin is here on this Wednesday. Here is the Battleborn Broadcast Center. 766-1400 is the Anywhere in Nevada number to call. Any of the offices in the state for Battleborn in Reno, Henderson, and Las Vegas. So Robin Leonard. We got some more legal stuff here going on. Robin Leonard. What's the latest? So you'll recall he filed Chapter 7 bankruptcy, which seeks to get all debts relieved and paid in proportion to the assets that exist at that time, meaning like future contract payments are not part of it. It's just what exists at the time of the filing. And in large part, almost everything is dischargeable and, and the debtor gets to hold on to certain assets that are exempt, a home, a car, um, things like things of that nature. So, uh, what can happen is a creditor can make an allegation that their debt is not dischargeable due to a couple of ex- reasons for non-dischargeability. One, the debt was incurred after the filing of a bankruptcy. Two, the, some conduct on the part of the debtor was intentional in some way. So for instance, um, if they committed a tort, if they stole from somebody um, and stole a million bucks from somebody and didn't pay it back. And then they tried to discharge that debt. They were sued, tried to discharge that debt in bankruptcy. The bankruptcy court will say, no, that was an intentional tort. If it was negligent, it could be discharged. And the other one is fraud or misrepresentation. And so you'll often see a lot of debtors try to fit square pegs into round holes of non-dischargeability of their debts. Most often I've seen is in regards to loans and in guard in regards to credit card debt and the credit card debt one is a little tougher and what they're arguing there and in this case is he charged a hundred thousand dollars uh in credit card debt after he had spoken with bankruptcy counsel not after he'd filed but their allegation is you knew you were going to file bankruptcy and therefore you should not have incurred any more debt you incurred that fraudulently now, what could his response be? Like his response could be at that time, $100,000 wasn't really a lot of money to me. I was spending way more than that. And it was just routine expenditures I was making. And I have the right to consult with bankruptcy attorneys to see what my options are. Pretty good defense in my mind. The other one is an installment loan that was taken out 
a couple million bucks in which the loan officer is saying or the loan company is saying you didn't disclose that you had these other loans out there that you had 27 million dollars in loans you told us about seven million dollars in loans and you didn't tell us that these prior loans had already leveraged your contract as collateral so when we leveraged your contract as collateral we were second in line not first in line that makes a big difference that one sounds viable to me so what would happen is after all of his bankruptcy gets done i think this amount was like seven million dollars that they were claiming was not dischargeable the seven million would stay with him as a debt in addition to any attorney's fees and costs during the bankruptcy proceeding in order to move forward with the collection of the debt is this for for on a personal level of, of somebody that doesn't have 25 million dollars is this like i go talk to a bankruptcy attorney i'm like okay i'm gonna do this but first i'm gonna purchase like ten thousand dollars of things on amazon because i know i'm gonna get discharged from this anyway that is the allegation from american express right. that's what that would look like and what his his response would be is like i actually use that to pay down debts otherwise right what else that's all you got on Leonard? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been go it's this these are these are fairly standard things, right? In in bankruptcy hearings where it's like, oh no, we're not part of that because we're you know, we're different than the other debtors. Right. That kind of Well, the only other thing that comes to mind for me is it'll be curious as to whether any of these debtors try to convert this to a chapter eleven bankruptcy in which they can go after his future wages. And if so, if the Golden Knights and Leonard agree to terminate the contract to avoid that. Is he playing again? Yes. Kind of no. needs to. No, I say no. Yes, he really? Will. He will. I don't think he'll ever be healthy enough to play again. I'm, I'm saying he'll still get his money, but I don't think he's playing. 766-1400 is a number of Battleborn Injury Alerts. Justin, thank you. Thank you, guys. We'll see Justin again next week. Baseball action there. Brewers TV is uh, Max Scherzer. Mets get knocked around. You heard it. Back to back to back. Uh, baseball earlier today. Phillies off to a one and five start. Las Vegas Phillies. What's going on here? Might never win again. No Bryce, though. Gonna be out for a while. Man, in the fantasy leagues I was in, people did not care that he was out. I know. A little bit of a little bit of a discount in auction leagues, but uh, you know, uh, they're also keeper leagues, so people are trying to get Bryce Harper for the long run, but he's probably gonna be out for a little while here. No no deal. No deals. What does that mean? No bargains. Oh, no bargains, yeah. That was a, I was, we were not, we did a uh, draft last night. We were all kind of remote. You were in the airport in H-Town? Yeah. And uh, it was close because they, they closed the boarding doors way early. Cause it was a fairly light flight. And so I had to, I just had to take a player and run. So are you saying the 45 minute delay at the beginning? Because I don't know what I'm doing. That was, were you sweating a bit? Well, I also, because I knew that you were probably very frustrated. I was. So I didn't want to jump in and, like, and be like. What are we doing? But I, I absolutely was. What are we doing? I was so close. <laughs> I swear I was so close to one comment triggering me where I'd be like, I'm out. Yeah. Like, I actually would have quit the league. I, I figured. Hate, I hate we, uh, I won't mention the company, but we use one website and it's just, it's a maze to figure it out sometimes. Yeah. And it makes me feel so stupid. So we're like, it just kept, we just kept saying like, all right, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll try to do this and we'll re restart in 15 minutes. Yeah, and I'm like, all right. Like 15 minutes, 15 minutes, 15 right. minutes. What are we yeah, doing? It was annoying. I, I, I know what was happening. It was bad. It was annoying. Um, I want to get to the umps and some of the usage of the clocks next hour, but we haven't really talked about more developments with the Las Vegas Patriots. And now Brian Hoyer is in 
His role, I'm not exactly sure of. He's a quarterback. Is he the backup? Is he a mentor? Because uh, you need a good backup for Jimmy G. Like the chances of him playing all 17 games and being upright, probably a long shot. Probably a long shot. Uh, so for my Raider stuff in the morning, I go over to Raider Nation Radio 920 and I listen to the morning tailgate with Clay and Heidi and Vinny. And here's as they start getting into the topic of uh, eventually they're going to get to Brian Hoyer. But you know who's not asleep at the wheel? Who's not asleep oh God. at the wheel? The, the Vinny Segway. <laughs> Vinny listens to nothing that we're saying at first. He's just waiting to come in. Right. Oh, I, I heard a Segway. I heard everything. Hence the, hence the Segway. You know, they signed Brian Hoyer yesterday to be kind of the mm-hmm. sage old veteran, um, which I think actually increases. I think there's no doubt that the Raiders are going to come out of this draft with a young quarterback. Somebody asked me yesterday, so that's the backup? I was like, no, I don't think so. Well, he could be. It depends <laughs> I think on the rookie. it's more for learning purposes. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's a good discussion. Is Brian Hoyer the backup? Or are they going to be leaning on some second, third, fourth, or fifth round pick as their backup quarterback? It would seem to me that Hoyer is going to be the backup. We don't need a backup if you have Jimmy G. Okay. We just made the point. You do. Oh. You do. Uh, so what? Do. What's the message? What's the vibe you're getting from the Raiders? I, I look. I think they would be okay going into the season if he's the backup. I think preferably whoever you draft, and they do plan on drafting somebody, is going to wow you to the point where they don't make this decision where they are clearly the number two. Hoyer's there as the number three as a guy to mentor him. Look, Tom Brady has talked a lot about what Hoyer did for him. Uh, has called him one of his most important teammates. Uh, there's you know a lot of talk from New England about look he's been there three times they've brought him back time and time again because of what he brings to the locker room because of what he does to help younger guys what he does as a mentor so um, that is the plan the only thing he really can't do is play he's ah, not good well, it's kind of a big deal uh, but but again I don't think they want him to I think they want they clearly obviously Garoppolo's a starter they want a quarterback they draft to come in and win the number two job and Hoyer to just be the number three and be there. Um, I did see the stat yesterday. Hoyer has made 12 starts since October 2nd, 2016. He is 0-12. He is a 75 rating in those 12 starts, which is not good. Uh, Last win was 17-14 over the Lions, like I said, October 2nd, 2016. So he hasn't been good when he's had a play, but he brings a lot to a locker room when he's not on the field. You don't see this as a weird risk? With a with an off injured starter and not really having a backup, then no, they plan on like I said, they plan on having somebody to be the backup that they draft, or you know, trading for Mac Jones. We'll see. I didn't see the money on this. Do you have any clue? It can't be much, right? Because most of the it seemed like most of the decent level backup quarterbacks were getting somewhere between four and seven million, right? Because uh, I think Baker Mayfield got eight and a half to be, we think, the starter in Tampa. Did he got five in Denver? Okay. It would. Is it worth it to pay four or five for a backup quarterback on a guy that's missed a lot of time? Third, third string quarterback. You're saying if they would have no, the the obviously the plan is to draft somebody. So yes, then they're definitely the so then they are definitely drafting a quarterback in the second round. Unless the guy that they want is gone, then you have to scramble. And then you think what with one of the third round picks, pick number one hundred could be a quarterback, and he's also slotted as the backup. Well, let's also remember they have twelve picks, and I don't think they're picking twelve players, so they're going to use some picks to move around. So I don't know that so they'll you think move if out. Second round quarterback. If all of a sudden 
it looks like that person is going to go bye-bye or someone else they like, they're willing to move up somewhere into the second or maybe late first if they have to. I would think so. Okay. And you're comfy with that too? Well, I don't think they want who's, to. Pick, I don't think they want to pick twelve players. Who's in the next group of quarterbacks? I'm sorry to put you on the spot here. After after the top four, after Levis and Richardson, Hend- the top Hendon Hooker's who they want. Okay, so Hooker, and then who else? <sighs> you got McKee. I wouldn't do that. Um, He's a Stanford kid. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there's not a lot of great, <laughs> not a lot of great options there. Those are the kind of the guys that are talked about in that next group. Um, that's you know that's who people are kind of targeting a little bit, and that. You know, they're, now they're saying late first. I think it's more early second, mid second, uh, you know, second day guys. But I don't, I don't think that group is. I don't think Levis is very good. But I, I don't think that next group is very good. According to PFF on their board, I just want to make sure this isn't like a million years old. No, it's a couple of days ago. It's McKee, then Hooker. So McKee from Stanford, Hooker from Tennessee. I'm just trying to get this out there because it, it looks like the plan is if you bring in a backup quarterback who's more of a coach, then the rookie that you get is he better be well, ready to go pretty also, soon. And let's also not forget that Hendon Hooker has a torn ACL. Now, that's he says he's going to be ready for training camp. He tore it in November. Yeah. Oh, boy. He says he's going to be ready for training camp. Other quarterbacks, according to PFF, McKee, then Hooker, DTR. Okay. I think you plug him in as number two. Dorian Thompson Robinson, Jake Hayner, who I think can play in the NFL. Okay. He and and this is the year of the five ten or five eleven guy. Most years are not, and evidence would suggest to the contrary that if you're five ten or five eleven, it's really hard to play in the National Football League. But I th- I think there's a huge drop off between McKee and yes. Hooker yes. and then DTR and Hayner. Okay, so yeah, and then the rest of the the rest of the top ten, DTR Hayner Clayton Toon and Stetson Bennett is 10th. Yeah. Boy, it would be – how amazing would it be if Stetson Bennett was the 100th pick, the guy they pick in the spot of Darren Waller. That was the compensation they got, and he's the backup quarterback. He apparently wowed everyone at the combine. Okay. Character issues now, though, with the arrest? Sure. Did a video come out recently? A little belligerent? Well, he's a partier. And you're saying he wowed? He wowed people. They, they, people were loving him. Okay. You guys all clowned on me after the title the next couple of days. I, pu- I pushed for him as, why can't he be an NFL quarterback? Why can't he be an NFL backup? Now, do I want him this have, year to be an arm. NFL backup for the Raiders? No. He doesn't have the arm. He can't. He can't. I don't think Brock Purdy has the arm. I think his arm is significantly better than Stetson Bennett's. You sure? Not sure, but okay. I, I believe so, watching them. All right. I like how you're, you're – It's very, also a different system. You're very relaxed about this whole thing. Like Brock, Brock Purdy is in a system where he doesn't have to do a whole lot. Okay. So, yeah, Stetson Bennett in that system I think would make a lot of sense. So now you're saying they need a – what does that mean? So what does that mean? What are the positives of Jimmy G in terms of arm? Big enough? He – I mean, they like him in the system. That's, okay. Well – I'm not I'm not the biggest Jimmy G. I, I think he fits because I think he's he's going to also be willing to work with a younger quarterback, I think they're obviously very comfortable with him to come in and, you know, handle what they want him to handle because they've worked around it before. They've been around it before. They know what they want him to do, but I don't think his arm is great. What'd you make of the Florio reports from PFT saying that Belichick is still steamed about Mac Jones going outside the organization to get help and that they've been shopping him and the Raiders were interested. 
Yeah, and then I saw. You know, I can't imagine that's were, in our interest anymore. They were very quickly. Uh, those reports were very quickly disputed. Florio's overall. But it's been it's been floating out there. I mean, I you know I I'm trying to remember somebody somebody actually hit me up uh, yesterday because I did an interview near right after right after the season, like before the Super Bowl, and they said who who's the Raiders quarterback next year, and I said I thought it might be Mac Jones. Like this has kind of been floating out there a little bit for a while. And it's it's because there's both because on both sides, I think teams have been reaching out. I think the the Patriots have been thinking about it and exploring it. Florio said potential suitors for Jones include the Raiders, the Texans, the Bucks, and the Commanders. I mean, those teams make sense. Texans placeholder for a top pick for the number two pick. Oof. That seems a little weird. Young guy in front of a young guy. Unless the young guy is, you know, the guy who was picked on the third. Did you also look and say that's, you know, another Patriots? Yep. It's another Patriots organization. It's Patriots South. These are weird times. Okay, now the next one. Okay, what's going on with Rodgers and now rumors out there with the Niners? I think this is from the Packers. I just, I feel like the Packers are at a point now where, they're getting frustrated with the, the with the Jets. The Jets haven't haven't made the deal yet, and the Packers are trying to float it out there that another team is interested just to get the Jets. I love this so to start much. Moving. I love this so much because, frankly, it is what the Niners should do. Yeah, I've said it. I'm going to say it again. You're going to look back on this era with this loaded Niners team and you know genius offensive guy in Little Shanny. Give, give them. You're going to look back and go, wait, they didn't win the Super Bowl. Well, why was that? Well, quarterback. Give them Purdy the or Lance. of quarterbacks they used for, for like eight years? Give the Packers Purdy or Lance in a second. Whichever one you want and a second round pick. I don't think, I don't think Shanahan and Lynch will do it. I don't think they'll budge off their spot. I think they believe in what they do. Over going and getting a start. They already turned down Brady three years ago. The only the only other I mean, it makes sense that it's the Packers floating this out and just saying, hey, this is what's going on. The only other thing that's possible is that if this came from the Niners side, if it did leak out from the Niners, that is, oh boy, Purdy surgery did not go well. Which I still would be absolutely stunned if he's ready to play this. I don't season. I don't even get how it's possible. I don't either. I don't either. Tommy John surgery? In freaking March? Oh, yeah, September. Are we, ready? Are we ready for training camp? What? What? It doesn't make any sense. Six months. It makes no sense. So maybe maybe they're getting some reports of, hey, he's not going to be ready this year. Figure out something. And if you only needed – if you needed Rodgers for just one year, sounds great to me. Right. Hell, number th- – the third-round pick, conditional to two if he plays all the time. You get a fifth. It's a salary dump. We'll take him. We'll take him. I'm sure Niners fans would love to have – some answers that quarterback instead of right now existing in this space of doubt. 766-1400 is a number to call from anywhere in the state of Nevada. 702 or 775-766-1400.